let's get started with the diet. Diet. What? Diet. Hold it. It says it, it says it says live, but it's okay. Now it's streaming. <laughs> there we go. Now we're ready. Ready? Ready. Okay. How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. That was for my 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 musical friends who are with us. I yeah, like a <laughs> an orchestral stop right there. Did you know that was that? very nice. Okay. It, it was it was really nice. And you know the the way you stopped as well with that resonance. It is just. I mean, I I, I think it's just getting better every time and. We're doing it a lot more now. So you're having a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we're talking to the creators today, right? We're talking to creators. No, no doctors today, just creators. That's right. Okay. No doctors, just creators. Well, Adaptation is innovation. And these guys have taken this world of coronavirus and they have adapted and innovated and teaching, teaching music through the media it's just wonderful we all need it yes so, so josh and tristan uh let's start with you josh yep you're you're playing i see some guitars back there yep. tell me tell tell me a little bit about yourself and, and what's going on well uh basically uh my main gig my job my career is a guitar teacher so i teach 42 student, 45 students, something like that. Um, I teach all day, every day. <laughs> so I basically wake up, I'm with my wife and daughter. And then after that, I uh, teach till from its light till it gets dark. And I teach acoustic, electric, any styles of music. Um, I just, to be honest, I love it. I just <laughs> I really, really like it. I uh, started music when I was 14. And I love the rock world and everything. Taught my first guitar lesson to a kid down the street when I was like 15, hmm. 16 years old. I taught him a Led Zeppelin song. And I really enjoyed it, but I didn't realize that I actually loved it as much as I did. And then uh, then started teaching a little bit between 20 and 24, nothing, just a lesson here and there. I taught for charity for a long time, did a lot of that type of work. And then I just, you know, I just found that I really liked it. So I just do it and do it and do it. And I work six days a week doing it. And I just, I don't even mind it. You know, I used to work seven days a week and it didn't bother me. I just liked it. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, so one of, one of my phrases is success. One definition of success is when you love going to work and love going home. Yes. And it sounds like maybe you've reached that. Yeah. It's like, it definitely, um, I never say like, uh, I'm going to work. I'm like, all right, I got to go teach. It's not like, all right, I got to go to work or, uh, things like that. I just, um, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky for that. You know, uh, I didn't realize that that's the way it was for a while. And, uh, sometimes you, you get tired cause your stamina is down, 
but if I have trying to explain a point and someone really gets it, then your energy gets back up and suddenly you don't need the cup of coffee that you thought you needed. You get excited. You know, I go to people's houses uh, before this, uh, you know, situation happened. I go on people's house at a time and I go up and down the um, route three and uh, the, you know, South shore. And it would be kind of neat. You would go into someone's house and I wouldn't have my coffee at three 30, but then the lesson would be so good. I come back up like, Oh, that was cool. I'm still have all this energy, you know, and it kind of keeps you going and it's like a different schedule every day. So it's just, uh, I really enjoy it. Like, I think like, I really kind of feel really, really lucky. <laughs> yeah. And another one of my phrases, I've worked hard to be this lucky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So, so Tristan, you're, you're, you're sitting there nodding your head. Are you relating to some of what Definitely, Josh is saying yeah. here? Um, so I do a similar thing, but up North of Boston. Come a little closer to the mic. Yeah. I, I, uh, I do a similar thing, but up North of Boston. Um, like I, I grew up in Arlington um, and I teach, I've been teaching in people's homes for the last like six years in like Arlington, Belmont. Um, I'm up now in Wakefield now. Um, but same thing, like driving around, going to different people's houses and like, you know, you know, carrying my guitar or sometimes even an amp if I'm doing electric and whatever, you know, and I've, I've always loved it. I love the variety, you know, and, and I think little break in my car in between lessons is enough time to, you know, listen to some music, listen to something else, you know, let my hands rest and then uh, change the scenery every hour or every, you know, however often, I mean, I never get tired of it. Um, and it's interesting now because the students are used to me coming to their house and um, coming to them that way. And now I'm coming to them in a different way, usually over, over zoom actually lately. Um, and not everyone was super, you know, on board with it right away. Some people came around later and they were like, you know what, I'll give it a try when they realized this was going to be going on for a while. But um, I had never taught online before, actually. I knew uh, uh, many teachers do it all the time. I'd never done it before this whole situation. Um, and I, you know, was a little nervous about a couple things with it that might, you know, the challenges of like, you know, being able to, you know, jam in the same way together in certain things but i found there's also you know a lot of advantages to the online platform um i definitely still prefer going to people's houses and you know that change of scenery rather than being you know in my same spot all day but um but it's it's gone a lot better than i thought it would um i have about i think like 33 students or something and i think i'm teaching nearly all of them online. I'm not teaching anyone in person anymore, but I'm teaching almost the same number of students online now. Um, now with the with the loss of that commute time, are you crunching the, you know, appointments together or are you spacing them out so you have some free time to do your own musical projects or whatever? Well, I, I thought about that a lot, you know, should I scrunch them together? And the thing is, I always like to be able to, you know, have a couple extra minutes at the end if I need to send an email. Sometimes I'll email a student something we were talking about or um, uh, one of the big advantages is, of online lessons is they can record parts of the lessons with Zoom directly, but it doesn't work from certain devices. So then I'll record something for them and email it to them. So I leave the extra time lately. And the funny thing is it disappears so quickly. Like, I thought like, oh, I'll have this break in between every lesson. I can go, you know, grab a snack or, you know, whatever. Like I'm not, you know, rushed all day long, but the time just, it seems to somehow evaporate. Um, so it feels kind of the same as when I was driving between lessons, but, um, but I have still ended up with some extra time because students have, you know, normally 
there aren't many people taking lessons on a weekday morning, except for some of the adults and stuff. Um, so now I have students shifted to different hours. So I have found myself with some more time. So I've been doing some of my own projects, you know, learning some songs that I've always wanted to learn, but never dared to tackle and things like that. And just kind of pushing myself, like I would tell my students to do. Um, so yeah, that's been exciting. That's cool. That's great. So Josh, can, can, can you relate to that? I mean, what's going yeah, on? I, was actually, I started smiling because I'm like, it's so neat. I really haven't, you would be, I have, you know, my peers and stuff like that, but when you're kind of huddled in front of this uh, online world, uh, you kind of, you know, you're in one room a while, you kind of go in your own, own little world. So, especially, I don't know a lot of people that go to houses. So, hearing them, uh, uh -huh. hearing you talk, it's wild because I'm like, yeah, he knows exactly yeah. what's going on. It's like you get in your car, you give your hands a rest, you give your ears a rest, you don't know. So, you might listen to music, but it's yeah. like, own little break in between and uh it's it's totally cool to hear you hear you talk because it's yeah. <laughs> uh, when you get online uh it's a different ball game it's like a different kind of lesson but you have to find a way to connect like you have to get creative on how to connect so it's as you go it's kind of cool because this whole thing just happened within like two days, all of a sudden everyone like in, in 48 hours, I had to create an online business for all these students that I had, because this is my, you know, lifeline. So I stay afloat. So I said, all right, I got two days to kind of do this. And it was cool because you got thrown in doing, you know, five hours, six, seven hours of lessons a day, you know? And so you really forced to learn the software, learn the angles, learn how to make it. So uh, the student stays engaged um when you're at their house it could be a simple distraction as their dog walks in the room and the student wants to tell you about their dog well that's three minutes right there but there's no none of that so you want it you have to learn to keep the flow keep them engaged plus at the same time i like to always get to you know get to know the personalities of my students and you got to kind of learn to uh just interact in a new way and it's almost like the workflow and how the lesson basically flows is 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 really really neat. Um, it's sudden and it's new, but if you don't, if you get a lot out of trying to create new angles, like oh, how can I make this better? How can I get to this uh, this info quicker to the student? Um, because they're not in front of you watching you work. I found students almost like to watch you write something down. They like to see you work. They like to see you open your guitar case to see what you're going to pull out. They like to see what kind of guitar you have. It's a different guitar. But when it's online, they're sitting there and they're wanting to be engaged. So you have to try to find different ways to make sure that workflow is cool. So I got into it. You know, at the first time I was like, whoa, this is this is a new world. And I said, okay, I just got to look at it differently. And then sure enough, rhythm started to show up and you find different ways to keep the lesson moving and engaged. But, but it's funny listening to them talk. You talk, you're like right on the money. You know, what's, what's going on, you know? Same thing with you. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, two different places, two different parts of the state, but very similar lifestyles and things going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different each day. It's so, it's, it's funny because each day was totally different because you have a different house each day, a different schedule each day. And, when you're in people's houses, I teach for our lessons at people's houses, and it's really neat. You see how everybody's different, but everybody's almost kind of the same at the same time. So it's really everyone kind of runs, everyone's on routine, and uh, it's just it, it's cool. It's a great, 
I, I'm like I was telling Mark earlier, I am like so much gratitude that I that I can do it. You know, it's just crazy. So <laughs> it's a great mean? time for new students. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely it's a diff new world. And um, like Tristan said, you don't know where it's going to take you as far as, you know, when this goes over, you know, you just, you know, he normally goes to people's houses. When this gets over, I'm just going to kind of leave it up to the people. Whatever they like, I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the business world, too, right? People are learning how to be remote. And now they're saying, you know what? This is pretty good. I don't now I don't really have to clean up for Josh, right? When he's coming over, my my kid's still super engaged, but we don't have to clean up the house to get ready for Josh. Now he comes <laughs> in and it's better for him because I know he can have dinner with his his wife and little little daughter now. So it's kind of a, a win for all of us. I feel good allowing him to stay home by his family to do it. But what are you seeing as some of the, the tangible deficiencies, right? I mean, there's gotta be some challenges that you're running into that when you're sitting across from someone, you grab their guitar or you push, you know, on a fret or a string that, that just, you just can't do virtually. But I don't want to over talk. I don't know who you're addressing or does it matter? I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it was both. Okay. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So um, a lot of it is um, if I, an obstacle that would I normally take care of if I was physically there, I found that helps with certain software that's available. So um, at first um, I had to make sure that my words were spoken uh, verbally, clearly, obviously, but slowly, because what happens is when a student has this guitar in front of them and you're shouting numbers and strings and frets at them, like second fret, third string, fourth finger, blah, blah, it gets really kind of like, so you have to talk slowly and clearly. Plus you have to get used to the rhythm of the zoom. So, you know, it's not like it is quick, you know, you speak and then you reply, but you almost wait for the pause to make sure that there's no sound barrier. So you talk with spaces in between, which is cool. And um, another thing is like I was saying before is the software stuff. This, I've been researching some cool software that I can use that uh, uploads, Zoom's great because you can upload everything. So I said, I'm gonna have to rely more on diagrams than I used to. So now um, I make sure that there's really easy understand diagrams that I pop up so they can see what's going on. So I'm narrating the picture that they're seeing. So if you narrate a picture, it's pretty easy to tell a story. You know, so the, share, the share screen option, you mean? Yeah, I use it all the time. Sometimes I'll go 15 minutes just on the share screen, just showing them, a, you know, a chart. Cool. Um, and like I said, if you, if you explain it as you're moving the cursor, it's pretty cool. They, they get it, you know, so. Tristan, are you finding you need to do adaptations as well? Definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the main things I always think about is I like to think about music as a language, basically. And like, you know, we learn English by jamming with professional English speakers like our parents and older siblings. They already know how to speak the language and we imitate and we speak it with them and we get better at it. And it's like part of a music lesson, I think, is when we're just jamming with the student playing songs together, like they're picking up on all these intangible things like about the rhythm and the groove and all this stuff and um 
even just that little bit of delay and latency makes it enough that, you know, that's not the best way to teach over Zoom probably is to try to just play in time with one another the entire lesson. It, it's a little bit easier to do, go back and forth with things and share videos. And um, if I want to hear how the students grooving on a song, you know, they can pull it up and play it from their end and play along with it. And then I can hear it all together and hear how they're doing. Um, I've been definitely doing a lot of screen sharing, um, you know, figured out you can, you know, share your computer audio with the screen share. So if I want the student to hear a particular part of a song, I can still make them hear it through my computer, right, where I need them to hear it. Um, and, you know, the video thing is a great advantage, like I was saying, they can download videos, but I was talking with students about um, practicality. And the thing is, like, for a lot of my students, I'm like, get a guitar stand, keep it on a stand, because if the guitar is tucked away in a case, it's just enough of a deterrent that you might just not practice. But if it's on the stand, you'll see it, you'll grab it, even if it's for a few minutes. And that's what we need is just playing a lot, like frequently, even if it's not for a long time. And uh, so one of my adult students was telling me, he's like, yeah, I got the videos from last week. I got the videos. He's like, but I know I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> So he's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, he's like, I'd prefer when you would just in person, when you'd write down those diagrams for me, like of the chord shapes and things like, cause it's easier for me to just have the paper right there and play them. If I forget a chord than to go watch a video. And um, so we ended up having him, he has a book of like guitar neck paper that, that I write chords in. And I walked him through writing the, filling out the diagrams himself. And I think he learns it even better that way. Um, I haven't tried what Josh was talking about though, with with like screen sharing a diagram yet. That's a great idea though. Yeah, I can show you some cool, you know, we'll, we'll talk and I can show you some cool tips. Yeah. But it's funny how you say some people, they love, um, the pen and paper never gets old. It's like, sometimes when I did, uh, when I would do research on like the best ways to translate music to people, they, you would even look online and say, well, there's still the best way is pen and paper. It's like some people yeah. just, they like the, the interaction of it. So I would I'll still handwrite stuff and put it right up on the screen and things like that. And, and you know, it's email to myself, put it on the screen and, and uh, you just, it's neat. As long as you find enjoyment in finding new ways to do it, you're, you're a okay. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's part of that human connection thing too. The human element of handwriting it instead of just typing it like you were talking about before with like still trying to connect with the students yeah on a human level and i think um what i've been doing is you know at the beginning of a lesson i typically you know we'll like do some little hand stretches or something tune our guitars up and while we're doing that we'll be talking about like how was your week all that stuff you know but yeah. i've been doing that over zoom and it's just kind of funny because like we all kind of know like oh we've all kind of been yep same thing this week same thing but we still find things to joke about or i'm like you know a little more like all right well what have you been doing outside of your online school like have you seen any been watching any movies or shows you know i'm not just asking them about music because I really yeah. just want them to feel like what's the difference between this lesson and watching like a YouTube video or something like the YouTube video isn't going to ask you how you're doing. It's not going to like ask yeah. you personal stuff like like, you know, what have you been watching this week? What have you been up to? Like, so I feel like that still helps, you know, like you were talking about, just kind of keep them interested and in everything. Totally. You're hundred percent right. It's definitely you, uh, interaction over Zoom is is such a it's such a cool thing. But you, you need to get creative. I mean, sometimes I even do, uh, you know, quick games with the kids, you know, that uh, like music flashcards, they got to find it and kind of like almost like they got to point to which card they think it is on the screen. Uh -huh. That just really find ways to get almost like as if the screen isn't there. You know, it's 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 
crazy how it works. So this whole thing that happened, it's a, it's a, um, it's how you want to look at it. You can, it can be a new wave, a new avenue, or it could just be like, man, this is really tough. I think the only way through it is to say it's a new avenue. And just yeah. Do you find the kids are uh, as enthusiastic or are they practicing more or, or there's no change? I mean, they, they probably have a bit more time also. Are they, are they using the music in a different way, do you think? I mean, for me, I think it's um, the thing about music itself is now it like when I was younger and in high school, it was everybody kind of listened to uh let's say maybe eight different things there was like a, a rock band that was out that was you know running america like every in heist there was a number one hit that was on the radio now all my students which is neat they all have spotify so they all have their own little genres of music that they like and they don't need to hear it from someone else they, you saw spotify just starts spinning out songs and while they're doing the homework they say oh i like that one and they save it and before you know it there's this they have this own little niche of songs that probably no one in their school even has they just and they don't even know who these people are they just said josh i never heard of these guys but i like these can i learn the song and i say yeah sure so they listen to music differently but as far as if they practice i think that has a lot to do with um the the teacher i really do is if the teacher can make it if the teacher can pick the right piece uh that fits the kids meaning it's not like a level eight piece when they're only on level two you know um and the teacher can put just enough uh you know not pressure but just enough workload on them where they know they can do it but at the same time uh they don't feel pushed but they just they they know exactly what they're supposed to do and they can handle it then right. They, okay this is okay you're not putting too many demands on them but they understand that if they don't do it nothing's going to happen you didn't find that right niche mm. and every kid is different so you got to want to find each niche for that for that kid um but as tristan probably knows uh obviously it does depend on how much the student puts into it as to how good they get you know right. i mean really no way out of that you got to do it you know in order to get it done so but i i'm just wondering tristan has coronavirus changed anything? I mean, I know it's changed your approaches, both of you, mm -hmm. but for the kid, I mean, are they sitting at home more bored, depressed, anxious? Are, are, is, because, you know, I'm a psychiatrist. So, you know, what we're seeing are some kids are so bored um, that they are at higher risk for depression and anxiety. Um, are you finding at all that the kids are just looking at music differently because of Corona, that they are at home and, and do they have the time to practice more? Do they want to? Is there a difference? Tristan, what, what do you think? I think it's, I'm seeing kind of all of it from like different, you know, it's different with each student. Um, but I do find the students who have a lot of those students who are, you know, very committed. They really love listening to music. They love playing guitar, but maybe they are really busy a lot of the time and, you know, with sports and other things. And a lot of those students, are, I find, are taking advantage of some of this extra time to um, practice more and play more. And um, even if they're not playing with the group of friends they normally jam with or things like that, some of those students are doubling up on lessons. They're doing like two lessons a week 
Um, and they are, of course, that, you know, it depends a lot with a lot of families are struggling right now financially. So that's a tough thing to do also. Um, but uh, yeah, I have students who are working extra hard and who are, you know, extra eager to learn a bunch of songs and do all this stuff. Um, I also have students who are probably playing a similar amount, but they seem to appreciate it a little more, I think, because it's probably helping them cope and manage a lot of this, um, a lot of this, you know, potential depression and, and challenging things going on with being stuck at home a lot. Um, but I also found, you know, some of the students who maybe they weren't that hooked on it yet on music, you know, maybe that maybe they're younger and the parents thought maybe this would be a good idea, guitar lessons or this thing, especially some of the younger ones, some of them, um, they've ended up deciding to wait till in-person lessons because it was just, it's, you know, it's harder to get the little kids, some of them as excited, but some of the kids that are, you know, six years old, I teach two six-year-old girls who are best friends with one another. And it's one of my best lessons each week. I think it's actually going better over Zoom than it was in person because now one of the parents will kind of sit with each of them to make sure the computer's working and everything. And it keeps the kid more focused mm -hmm. than normal even. And um, they're so excited just to see their friend on Zoom. Um, and it's amazing getting six-year-olds to take turns and not talk when out of turn so that we can all hear each other over Zoom. Um, so I, I've seen all, you know, all over the place with different people, but I definitely think it's very important right now for a lot of people to be listening to lots of music and playing music to, um, to get through all this. What we hope you're getting away from this and taking away from this is first, my new phrase, um, adaptation is innovation. And right now we have to adapt to coronavirus. And here's an opportunity for you at home to learn a new instrument or a new language, or to take the time to do something that allows you to, to be closer to a whole large part of humanity. And you know, Josh and Tristan are right, music is a universal language. Not everybody speaks the same language, but I don't know anybody who doesn't really love music. So here's the thing, you know, you guys know about the I am approach. Uh, and the I am approach is the idea that we're always doing the best we can, but we're influenced by four domains, your home domain, the social domain, the biological domain, and the I see. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? And because these domains interconnect, a small change in any one domain can have a big effect. We've had a small change in our social domain of coronavirus that has had a massive effect in every other domain. People are at home. They're not going into the social domain as much. So we're bringing, and you guys are bringing the social domain to them. It's affecting our biological domain because potentially we're more anxious or depressed, but we can also recognize that we have so much more in common. This coronavirus is showing us that the biological domain is pretty much the same from one group of people to another. And then there's the IC. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? And what we're hoping is that Corona gives us an opportunity to see the commonality in all of us. So small changes have big effects. Josh, let me ask you first, mm -hmm. what small change can you recommend to any of our listeners that can have an effect on their lives? And Tristan, I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Mm -hmm. Small change that anybody can, that will have an, a great effect on their lives. Are we musically or just dealing with this or the, the virus? Or does See, it? See, as, as a psychiatrist, I get to say, you choose. 
<laughs> pretty cool. Small uh, changes can have big effects. What small change can you recommend to our listening audience? Um, I would literally, I would probably say um, your outlook is probably, well, I'll take it from me. So mine was my outlook. So when this happened, um, I'm self-employed and I said, all right, this whole thing hit, all these businesses were shutting down. And I said, what am I going to do? And first I went through, I was scared for a little bit. I'm like, oh, and then I said, well, wait, I have to make this work. So I said, there was no, oh, I'm going to try. There was no, I said, you know what? I'm going to make this work for me for as long as this happens. This is how I take care of my family. And I said, I'm going to make it work and uh, I'm not going to stop until it does. So my, what I did was, as I said, I think it's, you have to say, not to sound so dramatic and everything, but I think you have to try to um, go inside and say, what type of outlook am I choosing? So to not take it off your question, a small change would be start inward and say, uh, what course do I want to take from this day on? Decide as an authority in yourself and, and just kind of, not just kind of, but once you make the decision, I mean, I believe that life starts to sort you in that direction that you decide. After that, you, I have this, all these other um, smaller, you know, scale stuff, like you always, just same as everyone else doing, always get outside and things like that. And, you know, that we hear tips and tricks that everyone's communicating every day, but um, don't really just say, I'm going to find a way to make this worse because that's, you know, because I want my life to still be good, you know? <laughs> Adaptation is innovation. But she, in my, I'm, I'm big on deciding. It's like, no, it has to. This is now the road that it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tristan, what small change can have a big effect? What are you recommending for our listeners? Um, so I think this kind of comes after what Josh was talking about a little, le you know, um, that's probably the more important first step. But um, I had a similar moment, I think, to, you know, realizing I have to make this work. How am I going to do this? What's my path going to be in getting this going? But then once that, you know, once I found myself, all right, I have like, I'm managing this right now. I'm, you know, have this working right now for the sake of feeling, um, feeling productive and feeling, finding joy. Um, I found it very helpful to try to use this time to tackle some of those things I've wanted to do for a long time, but haven't felt like I had the time to do probably did, but you know, we all, you know, don't make the most of our time a lot, of, you know, most days. Um, so for example, I've always wanted to try online teaching and that was something that I was forced into with this. Um, and beyond doing online teaching, I've wanted to work on making some videos and like video courses and things like that for my students and other people. And um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna use this time to like start getting things set up, start writing some, some things out and, and some, planning for that, um, working on some recordings and things. But for some of my, you know, people I've worked with, like some of the parents of some of my students who've, who've always wanted to learn an instrument, or maybe they've taught themselves but never had lessons, they've been like, you know what, I want to make the most of this time. I realize I have this, this might be the one chance I have to like have this extra time, and they start taking lessons. 
Um, so for some people, it could be learning a new skill is the thing you've always wanted to do. For some people, I know people who are suddenly learning how to bake. Um, I think there's a lot of people, a lot of my students in high school and stuff are like, yeah, I'm learning how to bake now and things like that. Um, so obviously not all of us are, you know, fortunate enough to get to that point where we're thinking about, you know, how can I find the most joy in this situation if we're stuck in the, how do I just, you know, get through this and financially and all that. But I think once we have that part of that piece of it figured out um, for, at that point, we can start to look at, all right, what can I do now to make the most of the rest of my time with this situation? And um, what Meisner said, characters don't change until they're made to change. Mm. We can change for the better now. And then the second rule of the I am is because everybody has an I am and is interested in what you think or feel about them. And you're part of someone's home or social domain and you know that that has an effect on their biological domain. The second rule is you control no one, you influence everyone. You control no one, you influence everyone. So I'll start with you, Tristan, and then I'll come to you, Josh. Tristan, what kind of influence are you hoping to be? Hmm. <laughs> um, well, I always tell my students, I'm not, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of some teachers I've met, I, I don't think you at all, Josh, from what I've heard from you, but I'm a lot of teachers, I feel like they give the impression it's very authoritarian. It's like, it's like the student wants to impress me because by being great at their instrument or something like that. And it's like, it's not as much of a personal thing. And I always tell my students, it's like, look, I'm honestly not invested. It's not, I mean, I'm invested in it, but I don't care as much about how great you get as a musician, or if you become a professional, or if you go to music school or whatever, like, or if you tour with a band, like, I'm invested in you as a person. I want to see like, what can music do to enrich your life? You know, and some of my students, they may only want to play at home by themselves and entertain themselves with it. And I'm perfectly happy with that if they are. Just want to keep them excited about it by helping them, you know, challenge themselves enough with it. Um, but I think that's part of it is just helping people music wise, helping them find a deeper connection to music to enrich their life with it. Um, and then otherwise, just I think every interaction we have with people is a chance to show people um, kindness and how to what that looks like and empathy and um, just so that they can, you know, mirror that back to us and, and do that with other people. So I think, you know, if they're stuck in their house with, you know, siblings or a family, like who knows what's going on there, if they're all getting along or if they're fighting or whatever, but this is at least a chance to have a really pleasant interaction with another person and um, connect. Great. Josh, you control no one, you influence everyone. What kind of influence are you hoping to be? Um, that's really cool actually, control no one, influence everyone. Um, I think the one thing that I've always wanted to do was show, like all's you can, all's, all the thing that I put on myself was show the person at any age that they have a potential to do uh, whatever it is they're seeking to do. So my point is, um, usually uh, I want to show the person that while I'm talking to them, um, I pay attention to how they 
uh, whether they, how they joke around, how they tell a joke, how they approach the guitar, um, how they approach music, how they listen to music, how they put their hands on the guitar, how they interact with me. And I find it fascinating because I just, um, I find that some students in uh, adults are just scared to pick up an instrument. So I see that and I, I have to, the way to show a student that they are um, not, that to not be scared of the instrument is to show them that they can do it. So it's almost like the more information they have, the less scary something is. So if they are scared of the instrument, I say, okay, well, this is what I need to do. I don't necessarily need to, at this point, show them how to play the guitar. I need to show them how not to be scared of the guitar. And then it becomes a great thing to do. Or um, I see some students that are nervous because they don't know me because it's their first lesson. So, and that's understandable, you know, whenever you're in a room with someone you don't know, you have a little boundary set up and you want to make sure everything's fine. And so let them know that I'm like, it's comfortable that, you know, it's a free speaking thing and you know, almost find a way to let them uh, shine with who they are. So there'll be some students that have no idea that they can write a song. They have no idea. But at, while they're sitting playing the guitar, they're either whistling a, a melody and I said, oh, wait, well, what are you whistling? And they say, oh, I don't know. I just made it up. And I said, well, there's no difference between you whistling a melody, Paul McCartney whistling a melody while he's making a sandwich. It's still, <laughs> you know, so they say, well, what do you mean? And then I say, I take that angle. It's just to show them. And I don't care what area it is, as long as they can see that they um, have the potential to do things. It could be amazing. We could be playing guitar in a student might realize that he has a great sense of humor. You just because I'm laughing at what he's saying, you know. So it's to unlock anything in a positive manner is really really cool. That's I like how you said at any age too, because I think that's a like a Western failing is that like oh after what 25 you're oh you're done. Yeah, I've had a, I've had people you know over 70s that they're scared of their scared of guitar because they you know dropped it in front of a group of people when they were younger and they never in the and it's just when they say they can't do it, I just say, okay, that's my only responsibility at this point to show them that they can. After that, it's up to that, you know? So that's what, that's what this is about, folks, because coronavirus is a great equalizer. And we are finding that we have an ability to influence each other, even though we're social distancing, it doesn't mean we have to be emotionally distant. And that's part of what we're doing, you know, and you control no one, you influence everyone, you get to choose. So decide what small change can you make that has a big effect? What kind of influence do you want to be on other people? And remember, everybody wants the same thing. We just want to feel valued. And at every and any moment in time, you can remind someone of their value. And whenever you remind someone of their value, you increase your own value. And everyone wants to feel valuable. So this has been great. I'm ready to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> uh, I, I really just so grateful for both of you guys for showing up tonight and teaching us. Um, Thank you so much. At some point, it'd yeah. be wonderful for you guys to come back and play some music. <laughs> Anytime. I really appreciate it. Thank you so great. much. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Great if night. looking to get in Mark. touch with them, their websites are there, joshamaramusic.com and tristanjntz.com, Tristan Jantz. Check them out. There's great sites. And if you want to get in touch with them, that's the best way to do it. Guys, thank you so much for coming. 
Thanks. Uh, it's really good to hear that people are are doing good, creating, adapting, and, and helping others in this time of need, isn't it, Dr. Joe? Adaptation is innovation. It's an I am. Thanks, folks. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Stretch the kindness, brush with madness. Is it sadness or just a show then?